It is Yotas Tishrei Tavshin Pei Gimel, the 19th of Tishrei 5783, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. It is also Erev Shabbos Chalamo Sukkis, and here at Inyana Diomi, we'll be looking ahead to Sunday, which will be Chaf Aleph Tishrei, the 21st of Tishrei. It'll also be Hoshana Rabbah. And on Sunday, Bezras Hashem, the daf that we'll be learning in Daf Yomi will be Ksubis Daf Kuf Gimel, that's 103 in Ksubis, where the Gemara will be quoting an explicit Pasuk from this coming week's Parsha, which is none other than Parsha Svezos HaBracha, which of course is going to be laned on Simchas Torah, Habalina Latova. And that Pasuk from Vizos Abracha will be describing the mourning period for Moshe Rabbeinu. The context is the context of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, the scenario where he was on his deathbed, and he was addressing his children, his sons, so that they can see to it that they take care of all the things that he wants them to take care of after his passing. And among the things that Rabbi Danasi asks for, the Gemara explains, Altus Ayaros, he told his children, make sure that I'm not eulogized in the small cities, the small towns. So the Gemara tries to figure out why he made this request. So, so the Chachamim, the Talmidim, they all thought that the reason for this request was due to the Tircha, the burden, that if they would eulogize him in all of the small towns, so they would have to come out to every single one of the eulogies, it would be a burden on them. But then, says the Gemara, but once they um they saw that they were eulogizing him in the bigger in the bigger villages, the bigger towns, the bigger cities, because of Kuleama and everyone was coming, that apparently the reason for this had nothing to do with tircha, with burdening anyone, but it had to do with honor. The fact that they would all come out to the bigger towns and they would be all be able to um, have this gathering in a bigger space, a bigger venue, that would create more of an honor. And it's seemingly interesting that Rabbi Huda Hanasi would make such a request that has to do with his honor. We would assume that maybe there would be more humility. So a question that we'll have to come back to is why Rabbi Huda Hanasi cared so much for the apparent honor that the Gemara describes here. Then the Gemara turns over to the next request that Rabbi Huda Hanasi made. Hoshivi yeshiv al-achar shloshem yom. So he says, make sure that the, the, um, the learning, the yeshiva, is reconvened, it's restored, after 30 days. Says, mourn for me for 30 days, but not longer than that. Why? After all, I'm not greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. As the Pasuk there in Vezos HaBracha says, That the Bnei Yisrael, they cried for Moshe Rabbeinu in Arvos Moav for 30 days. So the Gemara then describes um, how in fact they did mourn Rabbi Huda Hanasi. But once again, very, very strange. First Rabbi Huda Hanasi says, only um, only uh, be masked me, only eulogize me in the context that's going to create a greater honor for Mustama, for him in, in his passing. And then, of course, he says, I'm no greater than Moshe Rabbeinu, so make sure you don't mourn me more than 30 days. 30 days is, is, is just enough. So the obvious implication there is Rabbi Hidonasi is equating himself to Moshe Rabbeinu. Honor me in the same way that Moshe Rabbeinu was honored when it came to the crying. So once again, the question is, what exactly is going on in the mind of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi? If we could fathom what he's thinking, um, we would probably um, try to take a more modest approach, even if we weren't more modest, but at least externally, we would probably try to be more modest in the things that we ask for when it comes to our own passing. right? And this is something that I think uh, brings to light a very important issue, and that is the issue in general of Kavod Hames. There are a lot of times that people presume what the individual who's no longer alive would have wanted had they still been alive. And the reason why that's a faulty thinking 
is that the person, in fact, is not alive anymore. And because the person is not alive anymore, their way they think is not going to be the same way that they do in their passing, in their death, because when they are in the Olam HaEmes, the truth is the truth. And that's what they care about. They care about the Emes. And um, at the end of the day, Kavod HaMes is what I would argue that the the mace wants the kavod mace because the mace understands the benefit of the kavod mace even in their in in their death even when they're no longer alive at least in olam hazeh and so we can't anticipate what they would want in their death even though obviously we pay attention to things like a tzava like a will but there are certain things that you know all all things being equal kavod mace is what Israel is responsible to do in all circumstances. And that brings us to the second consideration when it comes to Kavod HaMes, not what the Mace would have wanted, but what is what is incumbent upon us. We are required to show Kavod to the Mace. Um, so, you know, whether whether or not it's the concern of what the Mace truly wants in the Olam HaMes, or whether the concern is what Israel is required to do, and both of those things will be equal, um, the point is that Kavod HaMes is of paramount importance. That being said, let's turn back over to the question of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and his particular honor. It seems that he's reaching very high up. Now, this is to suggest that only for our standards that would be reaching high up. For Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's standards, perhaps we can appreciate that we can't appreciate the level he was on. And that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who was on such a high level, it's appropriate the honor that he was asking for at least from our standpoint, from the standpoint of the Talmudim, but what about from him himself? What like is this something that we would um, argue takes away from the modesty, from the humility of someone like Rabbi Huda Hanasi? And the answer, very simply, to this question is the same answer that we would give to someone like Moshe Rabbeinu, who himself had to write in the Torah in Parshas Baha'u'llah that he was the Anav of Maod Mikaladam. He was um, the greatest. Um, uh, you know, the most humble individual and the greatest of all prophets. There was no Navi um, who, who stood up like Moshe, Elokam Kimoshe, and that Moshe Rabbeinu himself writes these things in the Sefer Torah, which is, uh, I guess, a conversation for, uh, for a different time. Which psukim did he write? Did he write all of those psukim at the end of the Torah, at the end of his life? But certainly the psukim that described his humility, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote these, and do these fly in the face of Moshe Binu's actual humility? And the answer is no, they don't. Knowing your actual level, knowing what level you are on, and being grounded and carrying yourself in an appropriate way, despite your greatness, is really the definition of true humility. Um, and, you know, you carry yourself in a certain way that is humble, but still being well aware of your actual level. And when Rehuda Hanasi asks for these very specific things, he's doing so with the understanding of his actual level, which, as we're going to see very shortly, was, in fact, akin to that of Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though there was no Navi as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, but we'll see in the area of Torah, that is exactly where Rehuda Hanasi was. The Ben Yehoyada addresses the question of why, why Rabbi Donasi specifies Moshe Rabbeinu. He also adds the question of why not Aaron Akohen, where the, the time of crying for him was the same amount of time. And so he explains 
um, a couple of different answers, but among them he says, Yubashar Hagilgulim, Meforash Derabino, Akadosh Hayam, Mebechinas Moshe, Rabino, Alavashalom. He says, if you look in the Shar Hagilgulim, where it talks about reincarnations, that Moshe Rabino and Rabbi Hudanasi were of the same Bechina, that, uh, that, uh, that Rabino Akadosh Rabino Nasi came from the same level as Moshe Rabino. Mestama, that means that he was a Gilgal of Moshe Rabino. And he says, take a look there in Shar Gilgal, Mayan Sham, Ulfizesh Shapi Amar. And that's why it's good what it says in the Gemara elsewhere. That um, where we're um, um, in the Gemara Sanhedrin, we're going to see exactly the equation that's made between Moshe and and uh, Rabbi Danasi. But he says this is exactly what Rabbi Danasi meant when he says Lo Adif Nami Moshe Rabbeinu Malav um, Shalom. He said, or Eved Hashem, I'm not greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, but what's the implication? I am equal. Alachain Amr Sanhedrin says in Sanhedrin Lamed Vavam and Aleph Mi Miyamos Moshe Rabbeinu Eved Hashem or Miyamos Moshe Rabbeinu Olav Hashem, whatever the Ayin Hey actually stands for. So Vaad Rebbe. So from the death of sorry, from the days I should say, from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu Miyamos Moshe Rabbeinu, from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu until Rebbe Rebbe Hudanasi Lo Matzino Torah Ugedula B'Makomechav. We do not find um, Torah and greatness, right? Torah and stature. Um, in one spot. When Moshe Rabbeinu was alive, Torah and all the greatness in the world was in one spot. And when Rabbi Hudanasi was alive, Torah and greatness, so much greatness, all in one spot was in fact there, but never from after their time. The great people are not necessarily the ones who have all the Torah, and vice versa. The people who always have the Torah are not necessarily the people that are held up on the pedestal the way they should be. And this, I think, also um, brings to our attention another very important um, question, the question of all of the time that's spent crying over the, uh, these gedolim, the, the gedole, not just hador, but gedole hadoros, Rabbi Huda Hanasi on the one hand and Moshe Rabbeinu on the other. So why so much time taken out of the base medrash? We talk about Kavad Ames, which obviously is very important, um, but what about the Torah, right? So the question of Torah itself the Bittal Torah the disturbance of Torah that we find when the yeshiva is closed for so long. Is that appropriate? Is that a Bittal Torah? As we're going into Simchas Torah, perhaps something else to think about, a similar issue, is the question of Hakafos. Hakafos in Simchas Torah takes up a lot of time. And the question is, with all the dancing and all the celebration, we're, we're, we're holding the Torah, we're dancing with the Torah, we're singing about the Torah. Meanwhile, the Torah is closed. We're not opening it. We're not reading it, at least not the second that we're dancing with it. We don't have a Gemara open. And a question, perhaps a fair question to ask, is all the celebration that's going into the Torah, is that not an interference, is it not a disturbance of Torah itself? Wouldn't our time be better spent learning the Torah? 30 days of mourning for Moshe Rabbeinu, 30 days of mourning for Abihu Nasi, and they're just doing that, and the yeshivas are closed? And the answer is obviously that there are two aspects of Torah that are important. There's engaging in the Torah itself, like we spoke about in, in Parsha Partes, Parsha Paradise, about Torah Tzivah and Moshe, the Nara HaMa'orasa, that is the Torah. We have to engage in the Torah itself. But then, of course, there is the Kavod HaTorah, right? We spoke about Kavod HaMes, but there's also Kavod HaTorah, showing the honor to the Torah, which is in part and parcel with the learning of the Torah. Yes, obviously you have to spend the time, the Icarus, to engage in the Torah. But there is the Torah that we learn, and then there's the Torah that we celebrate, the Torah that we honor, whether it's mourning for the Torah or for, for the Gedole HaTorah when they're not around. That's one aspect of celebrating the Torah. 
and that, you know, celebrating a life that's devoted to Torah, the hisorus that comes with it, the appreciation of Torah, and of course there's the simcha of simchas Torah, of dancing with the Torah, and appreciating a simcha that's associated, or that revolves around the Torah, whether it's a siyam, a seudas mitzvah, or of course, simchas Torah itself. It's this kind of hisorus that allows us to appreciate the Torah. When yeshiva is back in session, when we get back to learning itself, we have to come with that hisorus, with that honor, that kavod, so that we know exactly what it is we're engaged in. That's part of the learning of the Torah because it is what makes the learning the Torah, of the Torah more splendorous and done in the most appropriate and honorable way. It is not chas v'shalom a bitl of the Torah, but it sets the stage for the most appropriate, the most pristine, the most honorable and splendorous kind of learning of the Torah. Of course, that um, should run under the assumption that after the celebration, we open up a sefer and engage with the Torah like we're supposed to, engaging, giving the time to that na'arahama orasa, um, to have that nisuin with the Torah. If you enjoy this share and others like it on the podcast and you want to support us with a sponsorship or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the Database Podcast WhatsApp group for updates and links for every uploaded share, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Wishing you a wonderful Shabbos, Chal Moed Sukkis, and a wonderful Shemini a wonderful Simchas Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.